Welcome to Content Inspire. I'm your host, Andrew Calvino. And today I have the legend and badass oh, himself, Nick Comedina. And honestly, dude, just thank you for getting on the podcast. And I have a feeling when my listeners hear your story, they're going to go after it. So introduce yourself, my man. Uh, well, what's going on, guys? My name is Nick Comedina. Kind of, how do I follow up that introduction from Andrew over here? My goodness. Um, yeah, I'm me. Okay. A lot of layers to it. Yeah, well, Sweet. I'm sure we'll dive in. I'm sure we'll dive in. We're definitely going to dive in. And okay. Okay. first first question right off the bat Hit me. is, what is your why? My why has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so my, my why has many different forms. I think my why right now is I recently went through a very, very aggressive change in my life. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of things that were plaguing me, a lot of things that were toxifying me, um, holding me back, caging me, whatever it is that you want to call it. And I didn't have anybody to help me. I didn't have people actually caring about me. I had people that cared about me as long as I was doing things for them. Yeah. And... I didn't have a safe space and I was just very, very much lost. And my why with what I do right now is to help people where I was, because I realized how much people can look at somebody who's perceived as successful and think, wow, he's got, you know, he must have an amazing life. He must be happy. He must be this. And I've been on the other side of that and felt how much I was struggling and felt how much, how alone I felt and how depressed I felt and just, you know, again, lost and you do things that are out of character. So my why right now is really changing the narrative around people being able to get help and actually do the work and actually process and actually be able to come home to themselves and realign themselves so that they're actually living life for them and not other people. Damn. Thank you for sharing that with me and the listeners. I just got goosebumps. So thank <laughs> you, dude. No, for real. Like, uh, yeah, like, honestly, you're going to change some lives. You're going to help some people. Thank you. And um, another quick question is, how did you get so immersed within the fitness industry? Because a lot of people know you as a coach first, as, yeah. a, as an influencer, speaker, you name it. How mm. did you get immersed within the industry? So I actually was like, uh, just a super fucking scrawny kid in high school and like I was nice. I was six foot two I was like 150 pounds you know like I was just a string bean like so skinny and yeah I was very I was very popular in high school I was blessed to have a ton of friends and but it still was always like a, a talking point or a joke point around the friend group about how skinny I was mm -hmm. and you know when you end up being best friends with all the girls and they end up dating all the other guys who are more muscular or are, you know, and mm -hmm. like that really, that really sucked. And like, I wish I had this insanely inspiring story of why I started working out, but it was literally like, I'm fucking sick of not getting girls, you know? So I'm going to start living. <laughs> yeah. Like I, it was, it was just like, I don't have a, a motivational story for that, you know? So I, um, I, I started working out and I actually remember going into the gym, my mom went to the gym, my mom and I were like, all right, it's time. You know, my mom lost 100 pounds in a year, actually, my mom killed it. Damn. Uh, but we went in and I, I talked to this personal trainer, I was like, hey, man, can you show me how to use this machine? And he was like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, $175 for a consultation. I was like, I'm a, 
I'm a fucking high schooler, dude. You can't just show me how to use a machine. And I just thought he was a fucking prick. So I like to spite him was like, I'm going to learn everything and I'm going to get progress. Nice. And like, so I literally nice. did it out of spite for this guy. And I ended up making a lot of progress and just really learning. And I got really obsessed with like Greg Plitt and all these other YouTube personalities mm -hmm. and doing my own research and reading books. And this one day, this very older gentleman, his name was Frank, walked into the gym and I saw him struggling. And I ended up like asking him if he wanted to work out with me. So I almost did like a kind of a personal training session with him un unknowingly. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the session, he went to shake my hand and tell me, thank you. And he had a $20 bill in his hand and he shook his hand, you know, cause like all old, all old white guys are like drug dealers, right? They all, <laughs> they're all drug dealers, all of them. I'm convinced. And it was like that, that light bulb went off of my head. It was like, Oh yeah. shit. Like I was like, I was literally just trying to help this person, but there's money and there's money to this. But I wasn't going for the money. I was going for adding value and money came to me as a byproduct. Now, I wish I could say that lesson stuck with me, but I was like 20. So I was a mama's yeah. asshole, right? So I kept chasing <laughs> money. I kept chasing money for a good while, but that, that was pretty much how I like got my foot in the door as a fitness coach. And then I started working with another guy at his gym as a personal trainer, you know, fast forward, ended up opening my own gym when I was mm -hmm. 21 and we ran that for about three and a half years before I made the leap to go online coaching. And, you know, from there, again, fast forward for some boring hero journey. And here I am now. So a lot of um, in-person trainers switch to online. Is that because there's like a limit to how much money you're able to make within a 24-hour day compared to online coaching where you're able to maximize how many clients you have if you have a good team, stuff like that? Uh, I would say for the majority of people that that makes the most amount of sense mm -hmm. for me. And it's just, I don't know, it's very interesting. And I think that a lot of this might come from my childhood because it was just my mom and I in a trailer park. My mom mm -hmm. made like $28,000 a year before taxes. Like, you know, our, our rent was 300 bucks a month, dude. Like we, we lived out in the middle of fucking nowhere. So I always have kind of lived with just like in the mindset of stretching my dollar Mm -hmm. so money's never really been a motivator for me. You know, like if two people can live off $28,000 a year before taxes, like I don't need money. Yeah. And so for me, what, like my, my metric of success that I measure is my time now. So with me, it was like, I was, yeah, I owned the gym. Yeah. I was the badass, right? Like I was 21. I was making all this money and I had my gym. Like I was, you know, fucking bitches. Like I was killing it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I was getting up at three 30 in the morning, every single morning. And I wasn't getting home until 10 PM every single night. And I was yeah. like doing YouTube. Cause I want to do social media. So like, I remember my girlfriend at the time was living with me and I didn't see her all day. And I'll get home at 10 and I'll just start uh, uploading my YouTube videos and editing them. And she'd be like, are you coming to bed? And I'd be like, yeah, when I'm done. So we just like never saw each other. Cause I was just con I, I had no time. Mm -hmm. And for me, the trade-off was a, I can impact significantly more people right? Because your, your reach is endless when you go online. Your reach is endless. And I, I've, been, I've been so blessed with the amount of athletes I've been able to work with. You know, like I've worked with well over a thousand people in my online career so far and from all countries. And it's just so fucking cool to be able to do that. But the biggest thing for me is I get my time back because personal training, I'm, I'm there for an hour, no matter what. And mm -hmm. then I'm there for an hour, no matter what. And I'm there for an hour, no matter what. And it's like, if you can give somebody the value of an hour, in five minutes, why would you not?
because it saves both of you time. Yep. You know, because I was also wasting my my client's time. Because I'm like, what, what if I could just teach you to go work out whenever it's convenient for you instead of 5 p.m. every single Tuesday? And now this is like a, you know, a set thing in your in your routine that you can't budge around. I don't like that for me, mm -hmm. you know, and I know some personal trainers who love that and they personal train and that's what they love to do. And that's totally fine. But for me, it's time. It's time and being able to impact more people. And that's why I made my switch. Okay. And then um, next question your way, impact athletics. What is your preferred yep. coaching style or method when it comes to clients? Or is that um, clients like client specific? So we have kind of like the impact method, you can mm -hmm. call it, right? And it's like the way I coach and I teach my coaches how to train that way and how to coach that way. Okay. And it's, it's not necessarily like I know best. But it's more so, hey, I've got a really solid proven track record of this working and it works every it looks it literally works every fucking time, mm -hmm. you know, and when when you're if any online coaches are out there building a team, this is actually a tip that I got from um, Jason Phillips, you want to sell the approach, you don't want to sell the coach, right, you want to sell the method that you're using to coach people, you don't want to sell yourself. Because when you're trying to scale a business and grow a business, if I'm over here just going, hey, I'm the best coach, I'm the best coach, look at my clients, then people don't want to go to another coach, they want to come to me. Correct. But if we're all using the same method, that's getting all the same results, then people buy into your method. And then from there, they buy into the culture and they buy into the family and they buy into how much you actually give a shit about them on top of the method with the personal development side of things. With, and that, that's, that's really what we do. So yes, it is different per client, but the overall principle around our method is the same. Okay. And then um, next question is impact industries. What yeah. is that? And what is the purpose behind that new venture? Because I know you've been very vocal on social media, but I definitely yeah. want to find out what's up. Yeah. So impact industries, there's a, there's a couple different ways we can position this story. Okay. So my gym, my gym was NK Fitness, right? It was my initials because I'm just not creative. It's like, perfect. <laughs> put, it, put it on a sign. People will come. Uh, so when I started doing online coaching, I was like, uh, pff, I don't know, NK Athletics. Perfect. People will come. Put it on a shirt. You know, and as as I, for lack of a better phrase, as I matured as a man, mm -hmm. I really, really hated that the team's name was about me. Okay. And because it's, it's, it's really not, you know, it's about something that's so much bigger than me, but it's about something that I was put on this earth to help create with the help of all of these people. So I, I had been struggling with my initials as the team name for a good while. I had actually brought it up to my team multiple times, but like, Hey guys, what do you think about rebranding? Everybody was like, you know, no, we love it. And I was like, all right, <laughs> but, um, impact industries is actually an idea that had come to me. Uh, maybe like a year ago when I still lived in Houston and I just, I couldn't get out of my head. And I was kind of, when I, when I brought up what I really wanted to do with this thing, I actually got met with a lot of put down by my partner at the time. Just very, you know, you just always want to be the center of attention. You always want to talk like you can, you know, you always want all eyes on you. And I was like, damn, okay, I guess this is a bad idea. So I kind of just buried it. Um, and then recently I actually found God in my life. I went mm -hmm. to an all men's church retreat and 
literally heard heard words from the man him fucking self and it shook me to my core and he uh he had kind of told me like i gave you that idea for a reason yep and i needed to get your attention so that you would actually listen so we flipped my whole world upside down and kind of just like really there was like no no question in my mind that the rebrand had to happen after everything in my life kind of like imploded so what i really wanted to do was just kind of the way that I was already serving people anyways, through the fitness portion of it was just really focusing on the body, the mind, the soul, and then helping them generate wealth outside of that. So impact industries is basically just an umbrella company. So I can do pretty much whatever the fuck I want for people. Nice. <laughs> um, okay. But I like impact industries, because to me, it's a very powerful name. To, be, to me, it's an all-encompassing name of everything that I want to do and the global reach that this company is going to have. So we have uh, branches for each. So Impact Athletics is the, you know, the fitness coaching brand of that. We just launched our Realign Men's Retreat, which is a rebranded all-men's retreat in mm -hmm. Joshua Tree about two weeks ago. And it was literally incredible, man. Like seeing these men from all walks of life coming and finally be vulnerable and finally cry and finally scream and let out this energy and allow themselves to be seen heard have that space that i was so desperate to have and then actually come out of it going holy shit this changed my life that's what impact industries is damn yeah so and a little bit of everything Honestly, you sharing that was pretty sick. And I have seen a lot of um, posts regarding that retreat. So is that something that you're planning on doing again in the near future? Yes. We'll okay. probably we'll probably plan for our next one within like the next two to three months. I, I would like to do three to four a year. Okay. So I'm certainly yeah. going to link uh, your information down below so that Sweet. if anybody wants to check it out, so that when, that when that's announced, you guys will be the first to know. Perfect. Down. Yeah, that'd be great. And then um, another quick question impact the clothing line or supplement supplement brand is that ever making a comeback so uh we never had it we had an impact pre-workout mm -hmm. and honestly i just yeah, this is my problem as an entrepreneur like I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur and when i get an idea i'm like that's fucking dope let's do it and uh <laughs> that's just kind of what the pre-workout was like I was like, man, all these kind of all these pre-workouts like could just be so much better. I'm just gonna make my own. So I, I I literally made one and we sold out in like a week, which was super fucking cool. And then I was like, yeah, I really don't want to do that again. Cause okay. you know, it's like, you know, folding every box, taping every box up, and then taking it. I was just like, man, I'm it's this isn't worth the time that it's taking me to actually mm -hmm. do this. And like, do I really want to dedicate to get a warehouse and get workers to potentially scale up a pre-workout company? No, not really. You know, like it was fun. Okay. As far as impact clothing goes, that is 100% making a comeback right now. Majority of my inventory is still in the Houston home. Mm -hmm. So I have to go back here actually within the next couple of weeks and get all of that and uh, just figure out warehouse wise, where I'm going to store it, where I'm going to ship it from. But yeah, impact clothing is, we'll, we'll be making a comeback very soon. Okay. This year. S sick. And yeah. thank you for being raw and real in regards to like the pre-workout that you made and, and realizing that it's not for you in regards to like you value more your time and you don't want to yep. scale for, the, for a supplement brand. Yep. And 
I see on your bio that you're currently with New Ethics. What made you want to sign up with them? I am. Yeah. So something that I've really just, I don't know, just call it practice. I mean, I've been doing this coaching thing for almost 10 years now, you know, and like hormones are kind of my shit. So um, I was actually very fortunate to have Jason, who is the owner of New Ethics and head formulator at New Ethics. Um, He coached me for a while in bodybuilding. He was also a mentor to me in regards to just information and knowledge for a, a good while. And the, the products are tried and true. And I just, I trust Jason with my whole, my whole heart when it comes to his passion for helping people the same way that mine is. So it was just a no brainer to partner with him because those are the only supplements that I'm going to have my clients use to fix hormonal imbalances or support them anyways. Okay. Damn. And you're speaking very, and this is Jason Phillips, correct? No, this is Jason Theobald. Jason Theobald? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scooby Prep on Instagram. Scooby Prep. Okay. Shit. Yeah. I have heard of him. So, okay. Nice. Yeah. And um, so let me see. Next question. This is regarding emotional intelligence. Oh, I love these. Emotional intelligence regarding men and and younger men. How important is that? In what regard? Just in... Just in general, because there's so many individuals that grow up and are told to not feel, man yeah. up, suck it up. Um, yeah. And so they grow up and they don't know how to process their emotions or how to get through certain situations. Right, right. And it just affects men so predominantly. I, I, so I don't think that it's a child issue. I don't even think it's a, well, it could be a society issue, but I think it's a toxic masculinity issue and a lack of leadership issue. And what, what our kids or, you know, our generation before us, like what the kids now aren't able to deal with are what the parents haven't been able to deal with. It's passed down. Like that's the definition of generational trauma. So if you have an emotionally unintelligent mother and father, you're going to have an emotionally unintelligent child who doesn't know how to process. And when the father figure is supposed to set the tone for the man and the father is uncomfortable with emotions, when that child cries, the father's going to tell him, be a man, don't cry, suck it up. What do you mean you have anxiety? Be a man. What do you mean that girl broke your heart? Be a man. What do you mean you're suicidal? Be a man. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So then we have this predisposed fight in our head of going, I feel this way, but I shouldn't feel this way because I'm a man. And then we look at all of these perceived men who don't feel this way, quote unquote, on mm-hmm. Instagram. And we go, why can't I just be like them? So now we're constantly at war with ourselves. We're, sh- we're pushing down everything because we've been told that if we feel those things, we're not a man. We want to be a man. And now we're also comparing people better than us, which is making us feel even worse about ourselves. So when you do that, these men have nothing but shame, guilt, and resentment that is built up with them over time. They don't have any control. They don't have any outlets. And all they're looking for is a release. And then you really have to wonder why rape happens. You really have to wonder why spousal abuse happens, why all of these things happen that are stemming from men. Is it actually the man himself or should we start holding parents more accountable for their child's actions? That's my stance. And I know a lot of people may disagree with that. And I'll never say that those types of things happening aren't wrong. 
there's no justification for them. But are we actually looking at the problem as a whole? Or do we have a microscopic lens on it just going that guy's a piece of shit? Yes, he might have done a very shitty thing. And that guy could be very disturbed. Where did that stem from? Because if you have a weed that's continuously growing in your garden, and all you do is shave off the top, it's going to keep growing back. It's going to keep growing back because you need to pull it out from the root. And the root is toxic masculinity and lack of leadership. And we're fortunate enough to be able to be the generation who's really waking up and changing that. And that's exactly why that men retreat we had last weekend or two weekends ago was so fucking powerful. This, I saw these men breaking these generational traumas. I saw these men waking up to a higher level of emotional intelligence. And we just need to fucking normalize the fact that men... 100% have every right to cry and feel and be upset and have anxiety, just like anybody else on this planet. They're emotions. They're not life sentences. And people think that if they're struggling with something, well, we, we cling on to it, right? We go, the, the guy goes, I just, you know, I've always struggled with anxiety my whole life. Well, anxiety is an emotion. You wouldn't say it's like, oh, ever since, so let's just do it like this. You go, ever since I, Ever since this happened when I was eight, I've, I've had anxiety ever since. But you wouldn't go, ever since this time I was eight and I went to Disneyland, I've been happy ever since. Yeah. Right? I just, I can't stop being happy ever since that one time happened. Well, it's like, can you relive that memory right now? Can you remember and feel how happy you were? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what you're doing with the anxiety from that motion. You're just reliving it over and over and over again because you won't allow yourself to just let it go and process it because you think that you shouldn't be experiencing it. So when you push things down, you actually just keep them in. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And then if you keep on pushing them down and other more things, things stack up. Yep. And then you explode. Yep. So you're a guest on my podcast today, but I know that you have a podcast, Headstrong. When did that start? And what is your favorite thing about the podcasting platform? So, man, when did I start Headstrong? I've had like ebbs and flows with it for probably like three or four years. Mm -hmm. I want to say I started in 2018. Did like, you know, a couple episodes and then I didn't post for like a year. And then I had this whim of motivation and then I would post for a couple months and I would stop. Like I've had it since 2018. I think we don't even, I don't even think we have 50 episodes. I think we have like 46 or 47 episodes or something. And like majority of those are from this last year. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty much when I started it. My, my, I guess my favorite thing about this podcast and I just feel like there's things that come to people or us, whoever it is that are meant to get put out into the world. And I think that people have a really hard time judging themselves when certain ideas come to them or certain thoughts come to them and they, they don't let it out. They don't speak it mm -hmm. because they fear judgment. And it's like, then three months later, they see somebody else with that same idea or saying that same thing that they thought and they're getting all this praise. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, that was my idea. And it's like, well, I fully believe that information is coming to us from a source higher than us. Mm -hmm. And then we've just been chosen as the portal for that information to enter this world. And if you choose in action, when that idea or that thought comes to you, then the information is just going to go somewhere else so that it can get out. So that's why I like the podcast so much is because 
whenever I get a download or something hits me and I go, oh man, I need to, I need to talk about this. I, I get to allow that information to flow to me. And I feel this like release, like, yes, this is where I'm supposed to put it. And then I click upload. So it's, yeah. That, that's a pretty sick way to look at podcasting and in regards to information sharing and, uh, and the, the idea of where an idea is generated from. And if you don't yeah. act upon it, that idea has a life of its own and it's going to go find somebody else to yep. act upon it. Got a whole chapter of that in my book that I'm writing. Oh, Plug. fuck yeah, dude. Uh, how far are you in the book that you're writing? So I actually had written this book um a while ago it was on my laptop and i'm like dude i'm like a caveman with technology i really am like i do all my check-ins on like google sheets and well now google sheets but it was like word documents and like all this shit so i was writing this book on a word document on my desktop mm -hmm. of my laptop and i about 115 or so pages in and my laptop got stolen at a bodybuilding show Horrible. and the book got stolen with it and so for a really long time, I, I just stopped writing it because I was like, man, it's just, I'm never going to write it that good again. You know, like I'm not going to mm -hmm. be able to do that again. So I was, I was very like, I had this story that I was telling myself and actually very recently, like literally this week, I flipped the narrative and was like, man, I've had so many more life lessons and so many more perspective shifts since then. And like, now I actually feel very ready to rewrite this book and on Monday, I started writing it again. I'm about 12 pages in. Nice. So yeah, certainly let me know when that's done, finalized, and you put oh, it Oh, I'll let everybody home. know. Yeah. I'll let everybody know. I'll let everybody know. I'm excited for it. It's a very interesting creative outlet that I haven't tackled before, but same thing. Something kind of told me like, hey, you need to do this. Okay. And then another quick question is, do you have a schedule for your posts and the content you create? No. Okay. <laughs> Not even Damn, that, that's just straight up like, nope, nope. Same thing, dude. Like I, I value my time, but I also value and like I this make this way came off, come off cocky to people or whatever. But like, I'm fully aware of the forms of genius that I possess, right? Like everybody's a genius. Mm -hmm. Everybody's a genius in their own way. And my genius is how I can communicate with people. And I'm not going to force that four times a week because then it's not my genius coming out when it's ready to come out. Mm -hmm. It's me going, um, I guess I got to figure out something to talk about today. Instead of me having a download and going, this is what people need to fucking hear. And that's, that's a me thing. And I know a lot of, you know, influencers and people who are all about the Instagram algorithm and stuff are like, no, you need to be posting every single day. I'm like, dude, sometimes I don't got shit to say for two weeks. Why would I, why would I force something to look like something to post it just for fucking engagement that doesn't make any sense to me so i don't have schedules sometimes i post three podcasts a week sometimes i post one podcast every three months but at least i know that when i'm putting content out it's content that i know needs to be put out okay all right well you guys heard it from nick himself he basically when he feels like posting and it's a and it's his most and it's his most authentic self, that's when he posts. Because a lot of right. people will become a slave to the content schedule, you name it. If that works for you, great, awesome. You do you. And if you're not being fake about it, fuck yeah, that's a win. But there's a lot of people, myself included, where I would post 
this day i would post this time and then thursday yeah. would come around and i'll be there like fuck uh, now I, I have a i have like i had like a rhythm that i needed to stick to and maybe the content of quality came down or it wasn't being my authentic self so nick just dropping that bomb yeah that's yep. that's that's 100 the truth yeah dude and at the end of the day i gotta be like i fucking hate content to be honest like i fucking hate it i hate it i don't want to record stuff i don't want to film stuff i don't want to take quality pictures and write captions like i fucking hate it Hmm. the the new the new like real craze that's going on where everybody like sits yeah. and talks i fucking love that because i love talking mm-hmm. like i don't post pictures i, I don't remember the last time i posted a picture on my instagram except like you know my girlfriend and i went to austin so i was like you know photo dump but other than that <laughs> <laughs> you know, like other than that dude I, I i really just i loathe content i really do okay um i have a different perspective about content because me personally being on the ghost takeover team and putting myself out there on social media and content yeah. and you name it. That was my, that was my switch. That's mm. what made me, that's what made me feel like I was capable of anything that finally that me thinking I'm not good enough voice in my head went away. Mm. It's powerful. But at the end but- of the day, you you get on your platforms and as long as you're your as long as you are your real authentic self and you're able to yeah. give that information to people that's all that matters yeah. dude that's it dude people here's the thing is people can love me or hate me at mm. least it's me you know yeah. like a lot of people fucking hate me that's fine because i know that they actually just don't like me i don't have to sit here and like defend myself like oh i was just posting that to post that i don't actually feel that like no if you don't like me like there's probably a good reason you know <laughs> so i don't i don't need to over explain myself like i am who i am okay and then um another quick question your way talking about summer shredding clients all that okay. how many how many clients do you have for that show uh summer shredding i've never really had a lot of clients for summer shredding really no I don't, I don't let my clients really do summer shredding unless there's another show that is on the way. Mm-hmm. I don't not like shit on anybody. I just don't take summer shredding very seriously. Okay. It's not, you know, it's not a show that's getting my competitors anywhere closer to a pro card or anywhere closer to a national qualification or anything like that. So if they're on prep and they want a fun warm up show that we don't really have to care that much about, then that's fine. But I'm not prepping people just for summer shredding. You're doing okay. summer shredding, you're doing a show after it, or you're not doing it at all, Damn. you know? And like, but it's just, it's not a real show, you know? Like it's a, it's a, this is something that just really disconnects disconnect me from the fitness industry is there's a lot of shit. It's just about clout, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, again, I don't want to knock down anybody who's doing summer shredding. I'm not saying that you're wrong for doing summer shredding. This is just my, like prep's fucking hard and it takes yeah. a toll. I'm not going to put that demand and toll on my athlete systems for fucking three-month athlete sponsorship where they don't even give two shits about you you know and like i put the last two years we put girls on as a joke or not as a joke sorry i shouldn't have said that but as like a as a warm-up and they won the whole thing and mm-hmm. i was like you know okay like uh, it's just Damn. not for me you know so like i said i, I think I've, the most i've ever had at summer shredding was like four people okay yeah and then um now let's get to the fun questions 
Oh boy. What's your, what's your favorite mu- music to listen to? I know that you're big in like EDM, but is there rap rock stuff like that up in there? So I go, I go back and forth, dude. Like I've got, I've got phases. There's, there's times where I'm like literally heartbreak, sad songs all day. Like I'll work out to it. I'll be singing at the top of my lungs in the car. Nice. Uh, there's days I'm, you know, full blown dubstep. I want heavy headbangers. There's days where I'm full blown country. There's nice. days where I'm absolutely the most gangster rap I can possibly find. Like I'm all in between, dude. I just love music, you know. Nice. So I, I I can literally listen to anything if I'm in the mood for it. Okay. And then um, I know you you having downtime is pretty fucking rare. So, but do you watch any Netflix, Disney Plus, anything that helps you like unwind and relax? So <laughs> this is funny. No, not usually, but Jesse, my girlfriend and I, we, um, I work more, I, my, my work schedule is I get up 6am and I work all the way through the day mm-hmm. and she does solar sales. So she works like more like towards the night. So when we actually hang out at night during the week, it's like freaking nine, nine thirty at night and we're both exhausted. So we'll always just like, usually we'll just still like the office on in the background just to like nice. let our brains rot for a little bit from a whole day <laughs> of working. But dude, we just watched this fucking show. It's called The Ultimatum. I don't know if yeah. you've heard of it. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. The fa- I was so pissed at myself with how invested I got in this show so fast. You know? Yeah. And like, I'm like watching these couple, like we're, we're <laughs> dude, I, I got, it got sucked. I got sucked the fuck in, but it really reminded me why I don't do that. Okay. Because people get too overly invested in lives that are not their own. And then they don't, they don't understand why their reality isn't the way they want it to be. Mm-hmm. You can tell me everything about these couples on this show of how toxic they are, how they think, how they feel, what they're hiding. But if you looked at yourself in the mirror for two minutes, you probably wouldn't even know who you were looking at. Yep. Damn, that's scary, dude. That's scary. Yeah. That's scary. Accurate. Yep. So... I'm not big on TV, but I will watch Marvels. Tell you that much. All right. So next question. Easy. Um, Marvel versus DC. Oh, dude, that's not even that's like, honestly, I'm disrespected that you even asked me that. Hey, man, to say it was it was on the list, dude. But honestly, my favorite superhero is the Flash. So hopefully that sucks. The next Flash movie (laughs) is not a shit show. That sucks, dude. I would hate if that was my favorite superhero. Bro, he's able to go back in time. He's able to go to the different galaxies. He's able to do so many different things. Did you watch? Did you watch Archer? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Arrow. Arrow. Yeah. Arrow. Arrow. And then like Flash randomly shows up and now they're in like in space fighting aliens. I'm like, (laughs) I was like, all right, this is DC has gone too far. DC's just always been a little bit out there and insane for sure. Hopefully they get their shit together in regards to like their superhero properties. But I know Marvel beats them hands down. Did you happen to see um, Doctor Strange? I did. I was pretty let down. I was pretty let down too. There was was like pretty disappointed. It was like... it was just, it felt like it was more of like, uh, how, how much can we make people's minds be like, whoa, multiverse instead mm-hmm. of actually like a Marvel movie. Yeah. You know, but it was cool. It was a good movie, but I was definitely expecting significantly more from like that hype up from Marvel. Yeah. Um, anybody that doesn't want any spoilers, come back to the episode later. So straight <laughs> up, um, the music, the music battle. Like that was, that was, that was, that was literally, 
that was literally garbage me and my wife literally looked at each other and was like what the fuck is this shit yeah yeah i was like that's literally i think that's probably the dumbest thing i've ever seen in a marvel movie and then um what else i know that they had to do it because jumping bodies from dimensions he still needed one and in the, in the in oh the, the zombie the universe the zombie one like i didn't like i thought it was a cool concept right but then you see him talking yeah it to, was like it was almost it was almost funny yeah it, it was just it was just i i didn't think it was cool i was just yeah. like nope i was let yeah. down honestly oh, you can't win them all you can't yeah. win them all not even marvel take that as a lesson for life kids not even marvel can win them all so don't be so hard on yourselves yeah and um so just want to say, Nick, thank you for getting on Content Inspire, dude, on the real. Of course. Like, just sharing your story, who you are. Um, is there anything that you would like to say to the listeners before we head off? Um, not really. If you guys need me, I, I'm, I'm very big on the word prosperity now in my life and mm-hmm. just really making sure and trying to help as many people as possible. However, if I, if I have the resource to help somebody, I will. So if you guys want to follow me on Instagram and there's anything I can do to support you, shoot me a message and I'll see if I have the resources to be able to do so. Sweet. And listeners, thank you. Until next time.